Ellie Rothstein. Say it again. I'm supposed to throw him out if I say that. <laughs> Ellie Rothstein is the CEO of Cav Lanoar. Cav Lanoar. And by the way, information about Cav Lanoar is available online, shockingly enough. And that's CavLanoar.org. Is there a. Uh, it's spelled here L N O A R. It is L N O A R? The it's Israeli, an apostrophe. The Hebrew way? I it's mean, the Hebrew way. We don't if it was an American way, it would be La Noir, like with an A, right? Should I spend time on this or not? Obviously. <laughs> it's, a it's, a, it's a shva under the Lamed. Oh. Right. Understood. Understood. And Steve Adelsberg, who is Mr. Yeshiva Flapush and Mr. Kent Massad, is one of the few who can tell you the difference between the two shvas. How do you like that? It's like kavlanoar.org. Kavlanoar, L-N-O-A-R.org. Ellie Rothstein. CEO of Kavla Noir, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. Kavla Noir is an organization that really concentrates on the mental health of people, right? Correct. And first of all, how old is the organization? It's been around for how long? The organization has been around for almost 20 years. And I ask that question because this is an area that the Jewish world, and I'm sure it's the same in Israel as it is in the diaspora, has taken a while to come around to, has taken a while to understand the importance of supporting a cause like yours. Would that be correct? That is very true. It's taken a long time, and even the past five years, we've seen a major change. And you've been with the organization? I've been with the organization now for four and a half years. Oh, wow. So um, the one thing that is obvious uh, to anybody who's familiar with Kavlanoa is that they are providing mental health services uh, to only children, to people of all ages. How does it work? We focus on 10 to 24 years old. Mm-hmm. That's where we see our best expertise. But uh, now, throughout the war times, when things are much, much different and the need is much, much greater, we're seeing a little bit below and a little bit above. Right. So, I mean, you mentioned the war already, so I'll start asking you about uh, the last three months. I have to imagine that you probably have not hit your peak yet when it comes to trying to help people with mental health issues during this war. There are some people who haven't even discovered yet, I'm being serious, not not joking, there are probably people who haven't yet discovered that they have some type of deep-rooted problem that's going to have to be addressed, correct? Listen, you're, you're saying something much bigger than what you realize, but I think that when we talk about the war, forgetting about like going into like deeply what we're doing, right. when we talk about the war, when we talk about like trauma work, when you talk about creating stability and resilience, usually we see a start point and an end point to the trauma. And here in the war, we see a start point, but we haven't seen the end yet. Right. So we don't know what the need is going to be yet. It's going to be much greater than we expect. Yeah, you'd have to assume it's going to be much greater than you expect. Ellie Rothstein's with us. Kavla Noar is the, uh, is the organization. So what do you do now? Do you step up by hiring more staff? Do you put out calls for more volunteers? You're in an area that's not inexpensive. Mental health experts who do it right and who provide the type of services you're looking for for people between the ages of 10 and 24. I mean, these are professionals who deserve to be compensated. And, um, uh, you know, and again, generally, if they do their job well, they deserve that compensation, certainly. So what's the plan now that you're in this type of situation? So we, we see a few different areas, depending on locality, depending on where the need is. The plan is to bring on and train as many therapists as we can. We don't do actual training. We don't give the actual certificates or the degrees, but we do have ongoing training within our organization, which means that they'll get trauma training, they'll get resilience-based training, DBT-type training within our services. So we can take therapists maybe that aren't as experienced and give them a lot of experience, a lot of supervision so that they can grow up within the system. But also one of the things that we've been working very hard on is to actually create a telehealth platform here in Israel. Ah, 
There you go. And that's Which I assume has worked well in the United States. It's worked well in the United States. Um, we have some partners in the States that, we've, that we're working with to build the platform. In Israel, the Kupot Cholim don't yet recognize it. So um, if somebody would want to get a Hezer from the Kupot Cholim today using telehealth, they wouldn't be able to get recognized. Right. So we're in that process right now. We just partner with somebody that we're going to be able to give psychiatric care via telehealth. So that's like the first step in the process. But the goal is that we'll be able to do telehealth, and then it doesn't matter where the therapist is sitting. Correct. Now, um, in the history of the state of Israel, when it's come to um, new, updated unique therapies, not just mental health, but in many different areas. It does take time for Kupat Cholim to understand that these are, you know, effective, useful methods, and therefore they're willing to, to shell out the money and, and, and back it, right? Yes, we're seeing that today. We're yeah, in negotiations with one of the Kupat Cholim, and they changed their mind about which degrees they accept and which trainings they accept, which cut out, you know, 30% of our pool that we had been using. So this is something that's ongoing and changing, and the Kupot Halim tend to assume they know better than the professionals. Will American um, uh, therapists help at all in this? If you're doing telehealth, uh, or the majority of people here, honestly, are so much more comfortable with Hebrew that it probably wouldn't make much of a difference. So it depends which population. Again, when you're talking about, like, let's call it the Olim population here, a lot of people feel more comfortable working with an English speaker or somebody that lives in America or that has made Aliyah, whatever it is. Right. so the issue is more getting the kupot to recognize the degrees. That's really the challenge right now. A lot of the degrees in the states are not recognized. Is there a timetable for this? Like, is it six months? Is it 12 months? Is it five years? When do they come around? Come How old these- is the country? 75? <laughs> Sometimes it takes that long. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of certain therapies that now are commonplace in Israel, but five years ago, it was like uh, they looked at it like, what do we need this for? So I'm wondering how long of a struggle this is going to be for you. Uh, we see this, we're in the conversations. So it's not right. like we're convincing somebody to have the conversation. We're already in the conversations. My guess is that it's not going to be that much longer. Geographically, it's top to bottom, right to left, all over Israel, right? Uh, since the war, yes. No, I don't just mean the need. I'm saying the services oh, this, of Kavla Noah. So the services of Kavla Noah traditionally have been in five cities. Oh. Shalim, Beit Shemesh, Givat Zev, Netanya, and there's a fifth one, Efrat. So now you have to expand to the entire country, essentially. So we, we would like to expand to the entire country. It's a major undertaking. At the moment, we've been brought in to work with the kibbutzim that are, were involved in the massacre. So we're spending a lot of resource and time focusing on that right now. And that's a completely different need than what we've normally given to. Um, what are you asking Kapat Cholim for, by the way? Are you asking him for an hour a week, two hours a week? I mean, I know it depends on the specific case. I get it. But is there a basic that they're you know, approaching with you at this moment? With the Kapat Cholim... They're not looking at the kibbutzim right now. Right. Be, the, everything in this country is complicated, right? Right. Um, right now... The war the, victims they're not looking at this moment. The, the way that the country has it broken up is that around Aza, that's taken care of by these Merkaze Chosen, which are resilience-based centers that were set up essentially from the Hitnat Kut. And the idea was that there's going to be constant trauma and they have to cover the trauma there. Right. But they're only mandated to do three to five sessions, maybe a little bit more than that. And that's covered by social services, and that's where it sits. As soon as it comes on to Kupot Halim, that's in Briut Hanefesh. That's in the regular Sal Briut, which means that it has to be looked at as not a regular trauma. It has to be looked at as ongoing services, and that's why the Kupot Halim haven't yet stepped in. How many years are you living in Israel? 17. I ask that because I'm quite impressed with the way you've learned how to navigate this system already. 
I tell people it's like a video game. You just have to know which buttons to push where. I get it, but boy, it can get complicated and frustrating because every time you think it's like a video game, you think you're going the right way and then you hit a wall. That's you know? exactly what it is. <laughs> so it's quite an accomplishment that you've been able to navigate all of this. Ellie Rothstein, CEO of Kavla Noar, they are providing mental health services throughout Israel for uh, 20 years. Um, and now, of course, they expect their job to get much, much more complicated because of the uh, war. Um, they uh, are asking everybody for support. And uh, we like reminding people about good causes. Kavlanoar.org, Kav, K-A-V, Lenoar, L-N-O-A-R.org. We can get all the information. Of course, uh, you could support them on that website as well. Now, this is going to really, um, uh, this is really going to uh, shock people like myself and Steve Adelsberg because we spend the majority of our uh, summers in Yankee Stadium as opposed to Fenway Park. But apparently your organization has a relationship with Kevin Euclid of the hated Red Sox? That is correct. And how did that happen? Uh, our board chair was traveling, and uh, he noticed that Kevin was posting about mental health and posting about Israel. So he wow. DM'd him. This is, you know, a couple months ago. He DM'd him. Oh, it's a recent development. It's a recent development. And... Um, Kevin responded right away, and we were able to set up a bunch of conversations with him. By the way, there was a shot that he was going to join us this morning, but he's in California. So that, he's that, asleep. And he's sleeping. Right, he's in California at the moment. Well, yeah. Kevin oh, give Steve the, the, this mic, yeah. Hang on Kevin a second. Nicholas. Well, he's very you? connected to his Jewish Mr. heritage, oh. that's for sure. Mr. Adelsberg, what were you suggesting just now? I'm sorry. I thought uh, Ellie met him at Mishmar. At Mishmar, like on a Thursday night. <laughs> over at Chalons. I don't know, over like, you know, fastballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reviewing the pitch count. Um, so, th- so this is only a couple of months old. And for, yeah. what we hear, and from our research, he's very philanthropic and has his own foundation. And he's obviously impressed with the work you're doing. And he's become involved with us. In what way? Like, what? just as a spokesman? I mean, philanthropically, he's right. involved. Is and he getting other people in his circle to... He find- has been pushing his network. He's, he's got involved, and when he gets involved, that means that he's in, and he cares, and he tries the best he can. I mean, do we have to sit here praising a, a famous Red Sox player? By the way, did you know he played for the Yankees for 20 games? I don't even remember that. I don't remember He played at the end of his career for the Yankees for 20 games. Do we have to sit here and praise a, a Red Sox hero? I mean, what do they you have, think, Steve? They have character. They, yeah, <laughs> apparently they have philanthropic. Uh, that's right. They have to, you have to give a, You have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, that's true. By the way, that is true. And you don't know what this is like because you're from the Midwest. You're from Detroit. You don't know what it's like to be involved in New York Boston thing. Correct. Let me tell you, this is a very sensitive issue you've brought to us. But all right, I've as, heard you as, weren't going to take us on because of you. That is correct. But as Mr. Adelsberg said, you got to give the guy credit, even if he played in Fenway Park for the majority of his career. And he did call us the evil empire. It was he the one who did? Well, he's one part of the organization. I will say the following, um, and I don't know, did I bring my notes with me? I thought I did, but, you know, once I heard he wasn't going to appear, it didn't become as, um, as big of an issue. But oh, maybe I do have him here, but I will tell you the following. There's a game, and I'm sure you know this, Ellie. There's a game in September, I think it was 05, where he refused to play because it was Yom Kippur. Hey, and by the way, he went to University of Cincinnati. You know who else went to the University of Cincinnati? Come on, Steve. Sandy Koufax. Say it in your Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. Sandy Koufax, Koufax. his hero, went to the same college, and he ends up doing what his hero did. It wasn't the World Series, but he did what his hero did. He sat in the dugout and said to the manager, I'm not playing today. 
because it's Yom Kippur, which is pretty cool. It, he was also part, part of the World Baseball Classic. He was with Team Israel, part of the World Baseball Classic last time around as a coach. So this guy, Kevin Euclid, who Oriole fans like Egal Siegel and Yankee fans like uh, those of us here would love to, you know, would love to bash. You can't bash him. The guy's doing stuff for Kavla Noar. He's helping kids in Israel who need mental health services. What more can I say? Is he going to hear this, by the way? I well, hope so. I hope so, too. Now that, now that you told me that, i got to be careful what we're saying. <laughs> a, a, moment, a moment ago, we weren't too happy with the guy. But, hey, how can you not give him credit? I mean, after all, look what he's doing for the organization. Anyway, all kidding aside, you'll let Mr. Euclid know that we like having fun on this show. Uh, so all kidding aside, um, uh, the cause is a great one, and to have a spokesman like that is wonderful. And Kolakavod, Kevin Euclid, Kolakavod to you. Uh, all the uh, props in the world for what you're doing. Uh, helping Kavla Noah and helping the children of Israel. Uh, Elliot Rothstein, is there anything else you'd like to add before we remind everybody about the website and why they should be supporting your cause? I think it's important to add that we're not hearing about what's going on in the mental health needs in Israel. That's it's not sure. coming up in the news. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's noticing it. That's and this sure. is a need that there's the immediate need, certainly in the Gaza reason, region. Mm-hmm. But across the country, there's a major mental health need, which we're not hearing about or learning about. And that's going to be a long-term need. It's not something that's going to stop tomorrow. That's something that's going to be going on for the next couple of years. Yeah, and couple, I think, is an understatement. God knows how long it's going to go on. And we are very concerned about our brothers and sisters here and their children. And hopefully your organization will continue to do what you've been doing so well for all these years and help out people who, uh, who really are going to need to get back on track mentally and with mental health services they're going to need to get back on track. Elia Rothstein is CEO of Kavla Noar, the website where you could donate, the website where you can get more information. Kavla Noar, K-A-V-L-N-O-A-R. Dot org. Hey, pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. I Thank really appreciate it. And if you're wondering where in the Midwest he's from, it's from Detroit, Michigan, everybody. Imagine that. That is correct. When's the last time you visited Detroit? Three days ago. Seriously? You were just there? I was there right before. Yeah. How so do you was, like that? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just ask the right questions. They, they fall from the sky. I needed winter. What can I do? Nuckham <laughs> is the most eastern city in the United States. Western eastern city. Correct. The most western... East, oh, Eastern time zone. Correct. Right. Well, it's Western. Just oh, which it. means Shabbos is over very late by you. Right now it's early. No, but late meaning 45 the, minutes after us. Yes. In the right? summer it ends at like 10 o'clock. Right. It was 45 yeah. minutes after us because yep. we end about 9.15 during the yep. summer in the height of that. Right. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Mr. Adelsberg, you... Uh, we appreciate talk, the Kedusha. You tossed in a doozy on that one. Thank you. Uh, more coming up. We're going to get Steve Adelsberg to wrap up the first part of our campaign with us in just a couple of minutes. As we continue from Jerusalem, you are listening to JM in the AM.